Hello and welcome. You are listening to an informed take on current events brought to you by law students and staff of Queen's University Belfast. This is LawPod. Hi everyone, this is David O'Sullivan, the digital publicist and host of LawPod. And today we have a very, very special episode on how you can engage with Queen's resources to maximise your employability and your ability to kickstart your career. Today, I'm joined by Terry, very special guest. Terry, would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you, David. Uh, my name is Terry O'Hanlon. I'm one of the careers consultants with Careers, Employability and Skills at Queen's, and I work in partnership with the School of Law. So I would love to kick off the conversation about my future. I think this is something moderately familiar with, heard the name a lot, but I'm not sure what I can actually do to to use it and to maximize its potential. So would you talk me through it, please? Yeah, my future is basically a piece of software that you have as your students. Um, and it basically gives you an access to everything that we do at Queen's of Careers. So basically, even things like basic job interviews, um, you can get some experience and uh, some practice on that. But what most students are using it for is it's your one portal for finding jobs. So it's basically like your job center online. Um, there's loads and loads that you can use it for. And I would suggest that all the students, um, even at first year, start using it, start engaging with it. And it will just expand everything that they need to do in relation to careers. So just to clarify, when if I'm going to use my future, what are the ways I can go about using it? So I would say um, early intervention is the key to using my future. So as soon as you go in in first year, log in using your Q, uh, QUB email address to get into it. And then when you get into it, one of the main features is you're going to see the jobs portal. So there are over 4,000 jobs advertised on my future at any one time. And they can range from part-time jobs. They can be full-time graduate opportunities. And they can even be training contracts, things like that from some of the legal employers could be advertised through that. So even using it as a, a basic jobs portal that you can sort of look into and find roles and jobs, part-time, full-time, whatever, is a fantastic resource and opportunity that students should be using. So these 4,000 jobs, that's an incredible amount. How how locally are they concentrated or would they be a lot in England as well? They're worldwide, worldwide. absolutely worldwide. You think about it in Northern Ireland, we have a lot of multinational companies. Um, even if you think about, say, Pinson Masons, you know, it's an organization with, I think, about 6,000 employees over um, three continents. They will advertise things like their training contracts. Um, you will see things like the Northern Ireland Civil Service will offer things like their graduate placement opportunities. There will be a graduate scheme open up this year. That will also go on to it. They also have their placement opportunities. Um, there's 100 of those this year. They're, in, they're up, upping that up to about 160 opportunities that are all paid. And then you have a number of part-time roles, even within uh, local organizations like the Henderson Group, part-time jobs to get work experience. Uh, everything is there. It's just like your job center online. So I guess... When, if I'm going to apply to a job at one of these really large companies or at the civil service, the first thing they're probably going to notice is my CV, right? Yes. So through my future, can I kind of play around with my CV? Yeah, you can. You can actually, I would suggest that everybody um, first and foremost uploads their CV because you'll have a personal account on my future. And the first thing you should do is upload that onto my future. That means things like the careers consultants, things like myself and my colleagues, we can see those. Um, if you wish to book a guidance appointment, you can book a 15 minute guidance appointment through my future to speak to one of the careers consultants. And we can review that and we can look at it and suggest any changes. Um, while we've got you there, we also have advertising. You can uh, use the link from my future to go on to a program called VMOC 
which you can upload your CV onto VMock, and it suggests a number of changes. It will give you a mark out of 100, and I think if you get about 70 in that mark, you're good to go. And it'll basically tell you exactly what you need to make um, your VMock more mar or your VMock CV more applicable to most uh, organizational areas. So if I came in for one of these 15-minute services, what do you think? What information do you think is going to be communicated? It's basically what we're going to look at. Um, if it's a 15-minute CV appointment, we will basically look at your CV. Um, with me working in partnership with the School of Law, I've spoken to some of the law firms, and they've given me an idea of what they would like to see. So one of the first things is that we always look at a CV is, is, is it a proper CV? Is it a resume? Is it an academic CV? You know, they can all be very different, but primarily what we're looking for is an industry standard CV, which is about two pages long. And it's like anything else, it'll have your name, your contact details at the top, what your study, what qualifications you have, moving on to then some work experience, what you've got there, moving on then to skills, hobbies, interests, maybe things like degree plus, anything like that, and then maybe suggestions of references. And what should I be doing to make my CV stand out? Um, to make your CV stand out is be careful about what you're using it for. So um, we always talk about industry standards and uh, applying for programs like say law programs or anything like that are no different. If your CV is going to stand out as well, make sure it's specific to the occupational role or to the employer that you're sort of applying to. The days are gone. Years ago, we used to have one standard CV and it was handed out to everybody. We just do not do that. So if your CV you want to stand out, make sure you suggest some of the company's goals within your personal statement right at the very beginning. I think that's definitely something I'm going to avail of because I think as students, uh, there is like a little bit of a misunderstanding about what a CV should look like. And I think, you know, you touch about it on secondary school. And I think I maybe one week in my undergrad, we kind of talked about it, but that was only in the context of translating it. So that sounds like a fantastic opportunity. Um, but something else I'd like to talk about would be the kind of events that I can see through my future. Would these be career fair fairs? Um, yes, uh, every year careers will run a number of different events. And I suppose the most obvious ones are going to be things like the Graduate Fair, which is usually held in and around October. Because of COVID, most of these fairs have been online for the last couple of years. But certainly this year, and certainly for the this year's Graduate Fair, the the idea is that we're definitely going to have it on. We're going to have it face to face. It's definitely going to be back in the Whitla Hall. So uh, last year we had about 120 employers were specifically at the fair, engaging with students from across all schools and all sectors, even some of our recent graduates were encouraged to attend those fairs and, and they can speak to the employers face to face or they can maybe engage online as well. I guess if you're interacting with someone in person the following question isn't as relevant but let's say there is going to be an online job fair how can I make a good impression virtually? Um, virtually, the first thing is, is make sure you set up your personal profile correctly. So you'll be given a site of where you go on to set up your profile and employers will be able to see that profile within, say, about three days of the fair starting. So it's a bit like your CV. You work on it early, you, you make it grow, you feed it, you make it as best as you possibly can. Um, having a picture on it is also handy as well. And on these personal profiles as well, you can actually add your CV onto it. And what are these employees thinking during that job fair? Is there a way I can stand out? Do you think I can continue having some contact with them or are they here to just disclose information about their company? No, you're, as I said there, the employer will look at your CV and your uh, personal profile about three days in advance. So they will come on and they'll do like general talks, um, clinics, that sort of thing. But they can invite you if it's going to be online to um, what they call as like informal conversations and formal chats. Well, they'll bring you in on a one-to-one -one basis and they'll sit and talk to you. It's quite handy if you're maybe applying for training contracts, summer, winter vacation schemes, work experience, 
because it's you building your networking skills up there. So you're actually starting to engage with the employers in a face-to-face and they'll know who you are further on in your career or your sort of graduate opportunities. So I think in that one-to-one situation, what would really come up is the kind of skills of how to handle a, an interview quite well. So what should I be doing to make sure I stand out in a job interview? Like anything else, I think it's do your research first. That's the key thing. Um, research, research, research. Know all about the company. Know all about its corporate goals. Know all about what they stand for. Um, also as well, you know, when you go into that interview, make sure you um, look at the job description and make sure that you understand in that job description does it give certain competencies, you know, behavioral sort of um opportunities and so forth and you want to put that across in the interview try using techniques some techniques i'm sure you've all heard of the star technique situation target action result make sure you use that it gives the recruiter an opportunity to know when you're going to talk about your competencies or your specific examples and how you manage to say a task so can you give me a quick kind of run through of the star technique yeah so the star technique we mentioned there situation task action result so when you go in and say somebody said to you give me an example of when you've worked in part of the team you'll talk about um the situation so you were asked to do x y and z the task was maybe to lead a team in relation to design a specific resource you'll break your actions up into four or five good actions generally they will be in line with say the competencies of the behavioral capabilities of that role or of that occupational area. And that's generally when the HR team or the careers consultant or the um, recruiter will generally start giving you those marks and then finish up with your result, what you've done, how you achieved that and so forth. And generally we'll like in a result for it to be you know, a positive result. It's like anything else, it has to be positive. And that could usually be saving time, money, resources, that type of thing. But if it isn't positive, then you want to sort of talk about it being a learned experience and how you would change things in the past. So is this kind of... Is there value in buzzwords? Is that something I should be trying to... Well, well, essentially, when you think about it, some of these competencies are buzzwords. Yeah. So they are. Essentially, they are. Um, so it's it's keeping in line with those specific words that are relevant to the company. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk about was we were talking about this 15-minute appointment I can have where you and I could go over my CV, but I know there's also an opportunity for a 30-minute career consultation. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, we offer like 30-minute career guidance appointments. Now, we're supposed to stick quite rigidly then, but they can be shorter, longer, so forth. And you can get up to five of those a year. Um, when we say five, that's because the My Future portal will only sort of allow you to book five. But if you use that five, then feel free to reach out to the careers consultant that you're working with, and they'll endeavour to try and give you an additional appointment outside of uh, the My Future portal. Um, within those, what we'll talk about is we'll talk about your sort of career ideas, your plans. They might, you might come in with an assumption that you're going to do X, Y, and Z, and by the time you come out of that, you'll be thinking maybe about something else entirely and that's when you'll go away and do your research and then come back and seek clarification from the careers consultant things we'll also do as well as build and work on your action plan and an action plan is critical you know we'll make sure that all those actions are time bound and specific towards certain roles and certain researches that you have to look into and maybe certain networking experiences you might have to go through and how far in advance do you think i should start that process again early intervention is always key the earlier the better um I always get upset whenever I speak to students and maybe say it's around January in the book to guidance appointment and they talk about, say, the IPLS, the Institute of Professional Legal Studies. When the applications need to be made, usually around September, October, especially if you're looking for the early bird, early bird fee. And, um, you know, the deadline is usually, I think, November and the exams sit in December. So it's always better that if you're thinking about maybe, say, for instance, going to the IPLS, that you book a guidance appointment maybe midway through your second year or beginning the second year. And how versatile do you think these career consultations could be? Because I suppose 
of the value of a law degree, I guess, is how versatile that is in its own right. You don't necessarily need to become a solicitor or a barrister, do you? Exactly. You're sitting doing one of probably the most marketable degrees that there is out there, and it can take you into any area of work or employment. I have spoken to students with law degrees who've went on and did things like social work conversion course. They've loved their criminal law aspect. They are doing social work because their goal is to be probation officers in the Northern Ireland Probation Service. I've seen other ones apply their law degree to taking them straight into the Northern Ireland Civil Service or the fast stream civil service. Um, and generally an experience that I've worked myself in the civil service, you know, there are so many people with law degrees that do very, very well when it comes to high-end policy and public policy and legislation. So I suppose a Queen's law degree will help me stand out, but how else do you think I can stand out? There's a number of different reasons. Again, I think it's maybe engaging in sort of developing your CV and using some of the, the programs that um, we can talk about, like the Careers and Law Insight program. It could be engaging and making sure you've your the stuff that you do outside of your immediate degree, like your, your part-time work, your voluntary work, that it counts all towards degree plus. Things like that merely do make um, applicants stand out in relation to the application process. And what exactly is Degree Plus? Degree Plus is a formal certification from Queen's University to say that you've done things immediately outside of your degree. And as I've said there, it can be anything like being, say, in a, in a club. It could be in the rowing club. It could be um, learning a language in first and second year. It could be your part-time work. Um, it's things like that. And it just gives that formal certification to an employer that you haven't just sat and studied. You've done other things to sort of develop yourself in the role that you want to go into. And how many hours do you kind of need to contribute to getting degree plus? Or is it more of an abstract thing? It's more of an abstract thing. There's no set rule, so there isn't. Um, for most students, they'll look at things like the combined experience, where we'll take um, two pieces, say like part-time work, maybe working in a, or sorry, part-time work and maybe um, engaging in a, in a hobby, like say the rowing club or the University of OTC. We'll look at that. We'll ask them to write a short statement, usually about 300 words, and you'll use one of the four degree plus um, sort of key themes, be it communication, working with IT and so forth, and bringing us back to the interview skills as well. You'll respond and answer that using the STAR technique. And... So how how will this actually help me to stand out? Do employers care about Degree Plus? I certainly do. Um, Degree Plus is one of the things that a lot of employers, um, without mentioning any names, do look for to see that you've done something slightly different. The University of Ulster has something similar as well called The Edge. So it's, I think, criti critical for most students at Queen's to make sure that they get Degree Plus because it really does make them stand aside. And what percentage of students do you think are actually leaving Queen's with a Degree Plus? I would say the majority of them, um, and it's all about listening to the careers advisor and advising. Um, there, you know, there's a lot of information out there to talk about degree plus and say, you know, how you can go go about it and how you can get it. But on a lot of occasions as well, I'm just hearing, you know, that when I go into the guidance, it's me bringing that up. Have you got degree plus? Have you thought about it? So it, it's pushing degree plus as much as we possibly can. So. The majority of students, after working with the careers consultants, will come out with Degree Plus. And how does that process work? I'm pretty sure I do enough to, to get me a Degree Plus, but how can I actually ensure that that's going to be on the bit of paper I'm going to get next year? Yeah, certainly. It's very, very simplistic. So it is. you just go on to the Career Service website, you go to the section about Degree Plus, um, you just upload your sort of examples, you fill in the application form itself. And then once you've done everything it requests you to do, it gets sent to the Degree Plus team. They send it back out to the careers consultants. We look at it, we assess it, we make sure that you've met all the criteria. If there's any issues that we think you need to maybe develop a wee bit more in your application, we will go back to you. We will suggest you know, how you would make these changes. And then you'll just resubmit your application, you'll get it. 
once it's passed and once that tick in the box has been given, it gets then sent to the student records team and it goes through you and you, it's added onto your QSIS report. And when you come to graduation, you'll get that piece of paper on the day you graduate. And how much of a commitment is the kind of the bare requirements for someone to get to Cree Plus? It's, it isn't massive. Most people are already doing it. And most people, in theory, have probably already got it. It's just they haven't made the application. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're taking things like, you know, your, your part-time work, your your work experience, your hobbies, your interests, and things like that. Anything that's outside of your degree. So it's really just comes to the point of just spending that time to sit down, fill in the application form, and submit it to the team. I guess just to tie it back into the My Future conversation earlier, I'd love to hear a bit more about the careers resources and careers programs that you could help a yeah. student get onto. Yeah, I mean, there it is massive. My Future, when you go on, to it, you'll sort of be overwhelmed by about the whole size of it. Um, it is absolutely huge. So when it comes to jobs and things, one of the key resources there that you can do is you can actually flag certain occupational rules or certain occupational areas. So if anything comes in, say, within law, you'll get an email from my future to tell you that, oh, there's a job description that's basically for Pinson Mason, Herbert Smith, Freehills, whatever has come in. Would you like to look at it? Um, we also... Beside that, have other things like we have sitting on my future. Um, you can record yourself doing a practice interview and um, you can set it up to do it online and so forth. And then you can bring that to the careers consultants in the guidance interview and we'll sort of review it and look at it and give you some tips. Um, you can look at the CV through VMOC. Um, there, there, there's so many. Um, on top of that, that's where you'll register for a lot of the programs um, that you can sort of engage in. I mentioned the Careers and Law Insight program, which is one of our sort of more exciting ones for law students. So the idea of that is that we'll take 30 students, 25 from law, five from any other degree discipline, and we're going to take them around some of the top law firms over a two-day period. Then that's going to culminate on bringing them back to the moot court, and we're going to have a networking session where we'll have a few drinks, some to eat, and we will basically put 30 students in front of the employers, and you'll start engaging. You'll know who the partners are, you'll know who the recruiting team is, and this will set you up for whenever you do make your applications. So... You talked about, you mentioned earlier that I can record myself giving an interview and you guys can give me feedback on how I respond to these questions. How can I try and simulate the pressure that I'm going to feel in a job interview? So because I think personally, that's what I might be guilty of is cracking under that pressure and getting a bit nervous and upset. So how can I make sure that doesn't ever happen again? It's a difficult one. And I, I don't think there's any way to get around it. But one of the key things is I think if you do your research beforehand, you're going to know exactly what's going to happen. You know, to go back to I said there about behavioral capabilities and competencies, most of these big law firms especially will have sections even on their home pages about their sort of behavioural capabilities and the competencies and what the basic format of the company is, you can nearly guess what you're going to be asked in an interview um, if you look at those. And the key thing as well is practice, practice, practice. You know, if you're living in a shared house, get out in front of your friends, have a bit of a laugh with it, enjoy the whole process, sit down and do practice interviews with your friends. Um, sometimes as well, we'll run certain programs where we'll do mock interviews and we'll give you the opportunity to interview. And even if you record that interview, I'll sit down with you and can go through the interview and talk about simple sort of skills that you should be looking at. Even basic things if it's going to be online is making sure that you're interviewing in front of a, a blank wall. You know, things like that are, are often forgotten. So let's say, unfortunately, this practice doesn't work out. I don't get the job. How would you advise me to deal with this rejection? Uh, first, ask for feedback. Get feedback from the employer. They'll be able to tell you some of your good points, but equally they'll tell you some of the bits that maybe you were let down on. Uh, and take it because it's going to be positive feedback. Any feedback is going to be positive. Um, and then don't be despondent. You will probably apply for a lot of different programs. And it's all about just getting the experience of that. So, you know, sort of 
take out of it what you can. Even if you don't get through a position, take out of it that, you know, at least you went for it and you've learned something from it. Okay, so if I'm trying to deal with this rejection to this job interview, unfortunately, no shebang. Is there any kind of support that exists from Queen's? Yeah, I mean, the careers aren't just about specifically talking about jobs, talking about careers, your CV. That's all good stuff. But we also offer a few short, um, the last about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, they're basically lunchtime seminars. So some of the ones that I have found very interesting are sort of dealing with personal uh, resilience. That was one of the seminars. And also imposter syndrome. Um, the imposter syndrome, there was that was actually specifically asked for by a lot of the law students. Uh, we put that on. We had over 40 to 50, I think, students that came to that short seminar. And basically, we had one of our staff, who is actually an occupational psychologist by trade, talking about, you know, the issues of imposter syndrome. And she actually then went on and carried another program about personal resilience. And why do you think law students particularly were were suffering from imposter syndrome? I, th I think for some students, especially when you think about COVID and things like that and where they've been and um, with some of the marketing systems, they, they came in and they weren't sure of what to expect. And, you know, your average student is... is usually very, very capable, but then there's always somebody that wee bit better. And there's also other students who are um, sort of very proactive in doing everything and anything to get where they are. And some students feel that they've just been left behind a wee bit. Now, that's not necessarily true, but in your own mind, that's been what's coming up. So it's been beneficial to sit down with some of the students and, and, and talk about that. Uh, I suppose, yeah, that might be the the stereotype of a law student, right, is that there's going to be a few cutthroats knocking about, but... Uh... I think in every occupational area you'll get that. But generally, thankfully, at Queen's, our students are very, very good. I just want to go over my future as well. So how easy is that to, f to fill out my profile, to go through everything and really get a, a decent profile ready to make me more employable? It's very, very simple. You just go on, fill it in in your own time and my future. Now, employers generally won't look at, um, that's, look at the actual profile itself. That's yours. When you set up your profile, that's yours. It's all about you. It's it's fairly confidential. Um, but it's also handy just to have your CV in it. Um, if you apply for any sort of the occupational roles or jobs or anything, you can, your application forms are still going to be on my future. So you can still review them and go back to it and see, you know, what did you put in the X, Y, and Z. Also, if you apply for any programs um, like the Careers and Law Insight program, the um, Stock Market Challenge, anything like that, your application is also there. So you can sort of review over the three, four years that you're at Queen's what you've done and what you can build on. So the last thing I'd love to hear about and this conversation about programs is kind of making me think about it is the global opportunities that I can access through Queen's as well. Can you tell me a bit about them? Yeah, there's a huge amount of uh, global opportunities that you can go into. That ranges from simple things like the New York program, where you were taken for three to four days over to New York. There was a small fee, I think, you had to pay to that. Um, but what happened there is the Global Ops team uh, took you to New York. They went through some of the top companies for four to five days. Those companies, while you were with them, did short things like, say, CV workshops while you were there. And, um, you know... Your, your small fee paid for your accommodation, your flights, everything. There is things like Camp America. You know, that's a fantastic opportunity there for go for the summer. There is university exchange programs with, say, Australia and Canada, where you can go for a year and study your chosen subject at a different university. Um, there's the Washington Arnhem program, where you can go and work in Washington for a full year with some organization. Could be a law firm. Could be a, it could be in government, it could be anything. Um, there's a huge amount there that you can go into. There's the JET program as well, which is going to do a bit of work in Japan. And the um, there's also you can go for culture exchange visits to China. I would say if you are considering about any of these, certainly get in touch with the Global Opportunities team at Queen's. They're part of the Careers, Service, Careers Education Service at Queen's. And you can also book appointments through them via My Future. So let's say I do 
I do the JET program and I'm teaching English in Japan. How helpful and how relevant is this going to be for me to get a job within the legal sphere? It's fantastic. It's absolutely amazing because as we've always said is you've a fantastic marketable degree from a Russell Group University. That will definitely get you to the table and you can use your experiences in the JET program to get you through the interview. It gives you an example of things that you've done outside of your immediate degree. And you were talking earlier and asking about how do I make my CV shine? How do I stand out from the crowd, so to speak? And these these programs for global opportunities really do that. Um, it shows an employer that you can sort of go independently for a period of time to another country, engage with other cultures and engage with different people. All right, Terry, thank you so much for talking to me today. Do you have any takeaways or last things you'd like to say? If anybody was going to do anything, I would say if you're going to apply and applying for jobs, roles, training contracts, anything like that, start thinking about it early. Start engaging with the careers team as early as you possibly can. Make sure you utilize that tool of my future. It is a fantastic opportunity. And when it's gone, it's gone. When you graduate after two years, you won't be able to do that. And also the careers consultants are here to help. Book the appointments. We have a number of different appointments. You can book appointments with me on a Monday. You can book appointments on a Tuesday and on a Friday. And we're here to help at all times. I think right after this episode, I'm going to run home, going to fill out my future, book a few consultations, and hopefully it's all going to help me get a job. Certainly no problem. It'd be great to speak to you. Yeah. All right, Terry, thank you so much. This was LawPod's episode on how to engage with Queen's Resources uh, to maximize employability and get yourself a job. Thank you.